Welcome to another broadcast of Hope for the Heart. My name is William Rogers. I'll be bringing the message today again out of the book of Revelation as we uh, complete chapter 16 of this uh, tremendous book. So for the context today, I'm in Revelation chapter 16, verses 17 through 21. If you have a copy of God's Word, uh, I would like for you to get it, if you can, and uh, read along with me as I read out loud these verses, and you will see an amazing passage of Scripture as we continue. So the Word of God reads in Revelation 16, beginning in verse 17. And the seventh angel poured out his bowl upon the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne, saying, It is done. And there were flashes of lightning and sounds and peals of thunder, and there was a great earthquake. Such, such as there has not been since man came to be upon the earth. So great an earthquake was it, and so mighty. And the great city was split into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And Babylon the great was remembered before God to give her the cup of the wine of his fierce wrath. And every island fled away, and every mountain was not found. And huge hailstones, about 100 pounds each, came down from heaven upon men, and men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hell, because its plague was extremely severe. Well, that's it. That's the final judgment on sinners before the return of Christ. And that's where we are as we look at this. We are at the end of chapter 16, and you might say, well, Pastor, I know you've got several other chapters to go. How could this be the end? Well, it's the end as far as uh, chronology goes, as far as the uh, just before the second coming of Christ, which that will pick up again in verse or chapter 19. And then we have chapter 17 and 18 are going to take us back a little ways to show us some things about the uh, one world church, Babylon the Great, and we'll take a look at those as we get there. A lot still to go. And so as we come to this section we find that the, uh, the end of this chapter is here. Uh, the end of the judgment is here. The seventh bowl finishes God's wrath, O man, in this present earth as we know it. And then next will come Jesus Christ at what is we, we refer to as his second coming. And he sets up his thousand-year millennial kingdom. Now, for some, that may be a new phrase, new term, new way to look at this, but we're going to spend a lot of time, uh, hopefully, unveiling some of this. And, and I'm just, this chapter is so amazing. I just hope that I can do it uh, justice in some way. But this is really a preparation chapter. Uh, I've tried to think of a title for this, and it's like no matter what I title it, it's going to be insufficient. Uh, I think I'm going to either title it The Whole Earth Will Change or Drastic Change is Coming. Uh, but we're going to see a real, real change to planet Earth as we know it. It will not be the same after this when Christ sets up uh, his kingdom upon this earth. And so we come to this section, and it's a very, uh, like I said, it's a very interesting section. And I have just uh, a few things to say as we get into this. And that is that this is the what we call the seventh bowl judgment, and we've been looking at this, and we promised uh, that we would we would go all the way to the end of the book of Revelation, no matter how bogged down we might get. But uh, this section is dealing with again the events just before the return of Christ, and so the first thing I want you to notice as we start this passage 
is the where. Where is this? Uh, and we, we see that it, where is the bowl poured out? And so I want you to see that. The seventh angel poured out his bowl upon the air. Now, the air here uh, it simply means atmosphere. The air encircles the globe and the whole atmosphere. The whole atmosphere in which the earth exists is affected by this judgment. I know I read so often that judgments are, are going to be just localized in some areas, uh, but these are universal judgments. They're going to affect everything. Some have uh, even noted that the air here is the, the dominion of a domain where Satan is ruling over. But at this particular point, that wouldn't hold too much water because he's been cast out of heaven to the earth, and he is uh, running around on the earth with a host of demons. And so I think that the air here is just indicative of, of where this judgment happens to be. It indicates because it's cataclysmic changes in the atmosphere. And I think when we see this, we're going to understand maybe a little bit more because when you think about all that is going to be happening here, uh, there is going to be some drastic changes to the uh, to the atmosphere. And I, I say that because of what's coming in this chapter. For example, uh, we read where there's hailstones uh, are, are going to be huge, uh, about a hundred pounds each. Well, the atmosphere is going to certainly have to change. The weather patterns are going to have to certainly change because of the way we know them could not produce a hundred pound hailstone, uh, hailstones. And so I think there's going to be a massive alteration of the atmosphere. And we'll say more about that as we get into it. Then in verse 17, again, introduces a tremendous judgment. Uh, and so we, we see the where the, the bowl is poured out. The next is the uh, who, who speaks here. There is actually someone speaking here in this judgment. And we see that is indicative of the next phrase, air and a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne saying, it is done. The term loud or great is used seven times with this bowl. Everything about this is great. The voice has to be the voice, I think, of God himself. It cannot be any other than God, the most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And I think we see this here. He is the one now executing this final wrath. Here is, the, I think, the climax of the great day of the Lord that spreads doom over the entire face of the earth. And when God says it is done, it is done. Uh, by the way, the same kind of expression was used by Jesus on the cross when uh, just before he bowed his head, he said, it is finished. That was a judgment too, you remember, a judgment that provided grace for sinners. This is a judgment with no grace. It is done. Same kind of Greek verb used here. It's a perfect tense. It means it has been and will remain done. That is it. You could translate it. Christ then comes, sets up his kingdom, and just as Calvary, when it was finished, uh, God accented that with an earthquake, and that's what's going to happen here. There's going to be an earthquake. Uh, only this earthquake isn't going to be local. It's going to be worldwide. It's going to remake the earth appropriately for the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ and his universal reign. I can't say enough about that because, it, really, I have found through the years, so many people have not had any teaching on this. I know I spoke at a church once, and the people just lined up 
the longest line I've ever seen for people to ask questions. It scared me to death. I thought, good night, I'll be here three days answering questions. But the people were just fascinated. They had never seen some of the things I took them to in the scriptures just to show them. And I, as I was pointing out to, to a group of people who came up at one point, I said, you know, I don't know why y'all have never heard this. I'm, I'm not teaching out of a new Bible that has new chapters in it. I'm teaching from the same Word of God y'all have been studying all these years. And that's what is amazing to people. But we are going to look at some fascinating things. And this chapter really sets us up for that. And we're going to see that as we move on. So we see, first of all, the bowl is poured out to the air, the atmosphere covering the entire globe. And then God speaks and says, it is done. We saw this earlier. And so we, we know uh, who is speaking here. It is God uh, actually releasing this judgment and pronouncing doom over the whole entire earth. And then I want you to notice something else that's very general in nature. I don't think I can do justice to specificity of this chapter as much as I would like to, but it just would take too much time. But number three on the outline, the first is where, the second is who's speaking, and the third is what is actually going to happen when the bowl is poured out. So we see a what in, in chapter, uh, I mean in this chapter for number three on the outline. And it begins in verse 18, there were flashes of lightning sounds, peals of thunder, and there was a great earthquake. And it says about this earthquake that such as there has not been since man came to be upon the earth. An earthquake, uh, so great an earthquake uh, was it, and so mighty. So we see here introducing this bowl as far as the effects of the angel pouring it out upon the earth, flashes and sounds and peals of thunder. Remember now the bowl was poured out into the air and it immediately infected the environment. Just another note, the seventh seal did the same thing as far as uh, the seventh seal was introduced uh, the same way. Uh, there were followed peals and sounds of, of flashes of lightning and an earthquake. And the seventh trumpet was introduced the same way. There were flashes of lightning sounds and peals of thunder and an earthquake and a great hailstorm, which was only a small preview of this one in this chapter. This one that is was to come is now here. And here again, the seventh bowl is introduced in the same way to show the fury coming out of the throne of God as the final event in each of the series of the sevens that we have seen through this book uh, unfolds. Each of them is introduced with elements of a storm. In fact, you know, uh, uh, I know in Luke, uh, it, it talks about men's hearts fainting, or we, we looked at that earlier, much earlier in the book of Revelation, uh, to say that uh, men's hearts will be failing them. Men will be dying of a heart attack because of the fear and seeing what's coming upon the earth. Well, I don't know how bad the atmospheric clouds and conditions are going to look and sound, and sound but I do know this, it's going to have to be quite the storm to produce the effects of this judgment. And that's what we have to remember. It is a judgment. This is not your typical thunderstorm. This is not your typical tornado watch that goes out. Some of the, All of that may be involved in this, but boy, when you read this, it, it is, it's fearful and frightening to even think. Uh, then it says here that a great earthquake uh, on top of the flashes and the peals of thunder. There was a great earthquake, and we know all about earthquakes. In fact, our world has just been uh, the attention drawn to Turkey and this earthquake over there. Uh, 
a, a massive earthquake. In fact, you, you, you see pictures. It's like the whole city is coming down. And you wonder, man, this got to be so frightening. Where do you go? How do you, how do you escape that? Where do you hide? Uh, you find yourself terribly confused during an earthquake. And I've heard people say that. I've never actually been in an earthquake. We felt one here in St. Louis, but it was so quick and brief. It, it didn't really shake the house much other than just a boom. It was more like a sonic boom happened than it was uh, this rattling of the earth for minutes at a time. But no part of the world has ever come so close to experiencing what this earthquake is going to be like. I'll say that again. No part of the earth ever in the history of man being upon the earth has experienced the earthquake like what is coming in this earthquake in this chapter. So we see this earthquake as a great earthquake, such as there has not been since man came to be upon the earth. Just emphasizing the fact that the world's never seen one like this. This planet is not designed to last. We know that. It cannot, uh, it cannot stand it. It must be restored because it is a cursed earth. That's what we need to remember. Now, we don't find those words here, but we find definitely the connotation and the, the description of that all through the scriptures. So the solar system, the environment around the earth, and the earth itself is cursed, and it too will have to be cleansed. You remember already the book of Revelation, all kinds of things have been uh, catapulting loose out of heaven. Uh, the solar system's been affected. We, we've seen already the sun, the moon, the stars all being affected. And I believe that this final shaking of the earth is what God is going to uh, happen, cause to happen to bring the world uh, the way it was before the curse or before the fall of man in the flood. And so, you know, since Genesis 6, when the earth was split open so the fountains of the deep could gush forward and form the continents and the oceans, since then there has been earthquakes. Uh, the giant tectonic plates upon the earth have moved and uh, were formed in the great flood, and they're moving. Uh, that created the earthquakes, and we've seen earthquakes. Uh, the prophet Haggai, chapter 2, verse 6, wrote this about earthquakes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, once more in a little while, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth. What a description of this earthquake. God shaking the heavens and the earth. I shook it in the curse when it was affected and cursed it. Uh, the flood was part of it. I shook it at once. I'm going to shake it again. And next time I'm going to shake the heavens also and the earth. You remember he shook the heavens the first time and the canopy that protected the earth dumped water for 40 days and 40 nights. I'm going to shake it again, he says. I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth and the sea also and the dry land. I'm going to shake all nations. This is all written there so that we can see it. something Horrific is coming to the earth. This is a great shaking that the prophets talked about. It's frightening, really unimaginable thing to conceive of the entire world shaking. Uh, for example, the uh, let me let me tell you this, the, the, and you know this that the earthquake in Turkey we didn't feel that. Now there might have been some uh, uh, seismic uh, equipment upon the earth that could feel it and tell where it was, but we couldn't as individuals feel that earthquake. But this earthquake, I believe, will be felt everywhere, uh, all over the globe. This earth will, this earthquake will be felt. It's like, where do you go? Nowhere to hide. Listen to what Isaiah said: "Terror and pit and snare comfort you, O inhabitants of the earth. 
Then it will be that he who flees the report of disaster will fall into the pit, and he who climbs out of the pit will be caught in the snare. There was no way to get out. The windows above are opened. I believe something's going to happen in the sky, and the foundations of the earth shake, and the earth is broken asunder. The earth is split through, and the earth is shaking violently. The earth is going to be like it's reeling to and fro like a drunkard, as one writer puts it. It totters like a shack from its transgression and a heavy uh, is heavy upon it, and it will fall never to rise again, uh, is the way one writer describes it. So it will happen in that day the Lord will punish the host of heavens, wicked angels, kings of the earth, the moon. Uh, er everything will be affected here. And so, so that is the what is the going on in this wrath. That is what is going to happen when this is poured out upon the earth. The earth will know something is bad happening. And then you look at number five on the outline. Number one was the where. Number two is who's speaking. It's God. Number three is what is happening. Uh, number four, I mean, is, is uh, when. When will all of this happen? And I think we pretty much, that's the underlying theme of where this is, if you understand the rest of the book of uh, Revelation. When will be just before the return of Christ. Now, Back to uh, the section before this, which was verses 12 through 16, we saw the sixth bowl, the Euphrates River, dried up, preparing the way for the kings of the east, and uh, said that the armies of the world will be drawn together by the enticements of Satan and his demons, bringing them to fight against God. And I believe that once all this happens, once they're all gathered, uh, then the, this judgment here will happen. Uh, I think that's why there's not recorded any fighting going on because the fighting does not go on. I think all of this will happen and it's going to be at, in a split second, in a, a moment's notice, and then the return of Christ uh, in which uh, we'll see how that affects these armies uh, in chapter 19. So the effect of the quake is described and what it does is, first of all, let's look at verse 19. Uh, here's the effect of it as we see why is all this happening. Uh, the great city was split into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and Babylon the Great was, remem was remember remembered before God to give her the cup of the wine of his fierce wrath. Here is what is, is happening. God is using this judgment to prepare the earth for his kingdom. The earth will be prepared for his kingdom. So every bit of this is necessary. Uh, one, to remove the curse from the earth. It's a cursed, sin-cursed earth. Uh, two, to cleanse the atmosphere. Three, to remake the earth. So in order to remake it, some things have to happen first. And so this is going to be used for that. This quake is going to uh, use, uh, be used for that. But look how he phrases it. It says, the great city was split into three parts. Uh that's the word great again. And we see that what's, well, it doesn't say what city this is. We're left to assume what city it is. And uh, some have suggested, I'm sitting here with the Ryrie Study Bible, and he even says this. Of course, this was written years ago, and uh, a lot has happened, so he's not totally aware of all that could take place with Babylon the Great. But he says here it's either representing Babylon or is representing Jerusalem. Well, I think in our what we have in at this day right now, I think it, we could say that it's pretty much uh, uh, descriptive of what happens to Jerusalem. 
Uh, I don't think it would mention uh, Babylon the Great because it's already repeated there again as Babylon the Great. I think it's other than Babylon because it's distinguished from Babylon in the same verse. Uh, it's, uh, there are some hints about what city it might be in chapter 11, verse 8, when we looked at the two witnesses that were raised up and were killed that were preaching. It says their dead bodies lie in the street of the great city. Well, what's the great city? It is the city mystically called Sodom in Egypt because it's become so corrupt, because it's the city where also our Lord was, yes, it's the city where our Lord was crucified. And what city is that? Well, we know what city that is. That is the city of Jerusalem. That is the great city. It's, Jerusalem is called the great city. Zechariah chapter 14 says that when the Lord comes, he will stand on the Mount of Olives, which is in front of Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives will be split. When the Lord comes, he's going to split the Mount of Olives. So see, the mountain hadn't been split yet, but it's about to be. Now, if you split the Mount of Olives, guess what city you're going to be splitting? You're going to split Jerusalem. So then Zechariah is describing an incredible thing. There's going to be an earthquake same kind of thing. All the lights in the sky are going out. And then in verse 8, living waters are going to flow out of Jerusalem. This is all Zechariah. Uh, half towards the eastern sea, uh, and which is the Dead Sea, and half towards the western sea, which is the Mediterranean. It will be the way in the summer, and it will be that way in the winter. And it isn't that way over there right now. What's going to happen? God's going to split the city. And so this is all in preparation for the kingdom. Now here we get some further insight. He's going to split it according to verse 19 into three parts. And there's going to be a spring that God creates right on Mount Zion that's going to gush permanently through the kingdom that's going to be happening. Uh, at this point, it's going to be in just a few weeks. Ooh, that's amazing. You see, it's, just, it's uh, amazing to even say these things that this is all really going to be coming and happening. But that uh, water is going to be flowing. Jerusalem will be the divide, the elevation being, I think, it's going to, according to what we know about the kingdom, Jerusalem will be one mile high or more, and the water will flow in both directions, east toward the Dead Sea and west toward the Mediterranean Sea, all year long and through the entire millennial kingdom, which is a thousand years. So listen, this earthquake isn't going to judge Jerusalem. It's going to enhance it. If there's anything over there uh, that needs water, it's, uh, it's Jerusalem. This is what Jerusalem is going to be called in the great city. Jerusalem has already been judged, so Jerusalem won't be a part of this judgment. This right here that we read when it says the great city was split apart is not part of the judgment. It's part of the preparation for the kingdom. That's what we need to see. You say, well, why, why, why you say judgment, uh, Jerusalem's not going to be a part of this? Well, if you go back to chapter 11, verse 13, uh, God has already judged Jerusalem. Uh, we read again, earthquakes. Uh, it's, it's like one writer puts, God likes to use earthquakes, and he does use earthquakes quite frequently. And so we see that in chapter 11 of Revelation, verse 13. Earthquake hits Jerusalem where the two witnesses are, and a tenth of the city fell, and it says 7,000 people were killed in that earthquake. And the rest were terrified, and remember, we, we mentioned this, he gave glory to the God of heaven. Well, what is that that's happening there? Well, I think it's judgment at one point. Uh, one, one phrase of it is judgment, but the other thing is it's bringing salvation to the remnant of Israel. 
all of Israel is saved at this point of this judgment. And we find in Revelation chapter 16, they're all saved now. No need to judge Jerusalem in the seventh bowl because Jerusalem has already been converted. The Jerusalem has already had their judgment. The earthquake has already hit. A tenth of the city fell. 7,000 killed. And everybody else repented. I think that's, man, that's wonderful. I mean, it's great. And so we, we see these kinds of things. And we read like Psalm 125. Those who trust in the Lord are in or as Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but aside abides forever, is the mountain surrounding Jerusalem. Mount Zion is not going to be moved. It can't be moved. It's going to last. And so we see these kinds of things, and you think, well, how does that equate with this kind of judgment that's going to be worldwide and in, in, in chapter 16? Well, it equates because that's already had their judgment, and God's going to do some more miraculous things to the rest of the world to even make more attention drawn to the Jerusalem. Here's what he's going to do. Look at what else he says in verse 19. And Babylon the Great was remembered to receive a full wrath of, their, of, of God's fury. But then in verse 20, every island fled away and the mountains were not found. So here's what that means. The cities of the nations fall. They are going to all fall. And I think about when I saw the news of this... Uh, Earthquake in Turkey, how the, I, I mentioned, it looked like the whole city was falling. And, of course, the whole city was falling. But that's what it's going to be like in cities all over this world they're going to fall. And we have some very beautiful and uh, tremendously populated cities they are going to fall. Every city in the world, get this, is going to be smashed all over the world. Cities are going to crumble as the earth shakes like it has never shaken before in the history of the earth. The only other major cities that mentioned here besides Jerusalem is Babylon. And it says Babylon the Great was remembered. More details, and I'm not going to mention much about that because that's what chapter 17 and chapter 18 of Revelation is going to do. We're going to give us a lot more details because Babylon is a city rebuilt. It's already been rebuilt, and we know that uh, already. And so we're going to, we also know that it's going to be the capital city of the Antichrist Empire. Uh, so we're going to take a look at that later. So Babylon will be another part of the, the message in chapter 17 and 18. But I want you to understand that the topography of the whole earth is altered drastically. When it says every island fled away and the mountains were not found, uh, what this is telling us is, it may be kind of hard to imagine, but every island will be removed. In other words, they're going to be, it's all going to be flat land and, and mountains are, 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 were not found. Topography of the earth is, is, is like I said, it's altered drastically. Uh, the, the, it's, it's just hard to imagine all the mountains and I know that I drive to Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and I have to go through parts of the Smoky Mountains. I think all of that is coming down. And then you think of the mountains uh, out, out west, and the, all of the mountains in this country, just in this country, are going to come down. They're going to flatten out. The islands are going to disappear. That's pretty frightening to think of that happening like that. What kind of shaking is this going to be? All the mountains are going to flatten out. I heard... <clears throat> somewhere that the San Fernando, Fernando Valley uh, 
has been affected by earthquakes in the past when it only moved like an inch or so. But these mountains are going to flatten. The earthquake will flatten every mountain. It says no mountains. In fact, when you, we get into the kingdom a little bit, we're going to see the only mountain is going to be in Jerusalem. That is going to be an absolutely an amazing thing. But here's another thing about what is actually happening here. <coughs> Excuse me. You see, God is bringing the earth back to the conditions it was in Eden before man fell. I think that's, that's exactly what we're seeing, and we're going to see this as we, as we continue in, especially when we, we won't really get into this until chapter 20 of Revelation, when we begin to look at the kingdom. But the whole face of the earth will completely change. It will be uh, deadly. People uh, swallowed up, engulfed into the ground as it moves and shakes, and people drown as water goes places it's never been. Uh, we can't even imagine the huge storms and the violence with the with the hailstones. Uh, but, but but let me show you this. I I, I it's like I, I'm not. I almost want to just jump through some of this stuff. Verse twenty one: Huge hailstones, about hundred pounds each, came down from heaven upon men, and men blasphemed God because the plague of the hail and because its plague was extremely severe. Really, it is extremely severe. But those that are screaming and cursing at God haven't even been killed yet. And where they may not be killed, I'm sure they, their death is coming because we know this. Here's one thing we know. When the kingdom is, when Jesus comes, at, when he destroys the armies that are gathered together at his coming, there won't be any saved people. I mean, any lost people. All the people on the earth will be saved people that are going to go into the kingdom. No lost individuals at all will be there. So we know that there's a still probably a lot of people that are going to have to die. People who somehow escaped the collapse of the mountains and the drownings are still going to find their death right here if they're not believers. There is no more time for, for I don't think, for grace. Uh, but it's going to be a horrible, horrible time. But look at what it says. They curse God because of the plague and the hail and its severity. It was severe. Instead of repenting and turning to God, they still want to curse God. It's amazing. I know I was reading Amir on this, and, and he's writing about this, and he said it, it's uh, at this point, God's wrath is done. I feel exhausted, he said, from having looking at all this. He said, you have a choice. He said, but it's amazing how people will not turn to the Lord. How blind can it be? He says, but still, this makes me shake my head. Humanity will refuse to repent, choosing instead to blaspheme God. And I think everyone who writes on Revelation says about the same thing. Uh, you can just almost hear the heart of Amir as he's saying their hearts are hardened, their eyes are blinded, their ears are deaf, they will not be able to hear the voice of the Lord because they refuse to listen. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the conditions on this earth as people see and feel and experience this judgment? Just this one. But we also have six other judgments that are called bold judgments. We also have seven trumpets and we have seven uh, 
others just before that. We have seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven bowls. This is just one. And the people on earth will experience this. Well, for now, I'm going to have to close this out and uh, sign it a title and then post it. And I thank you for listening today. And uh, this is William Rogers, and I will talk to you next time. Thank you.